Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The panel. Very high-powered panel this morning in the form of Andrew Gordy and Guy Havel. Guy, if I can start uh, with you, uh, please. Uh, Christ College getting a little bit of exposure on the telly of their first 15 the last couple of Fridays, mate. Um, hadn't gone quite so well, though. Gee, shots fired early doors, Smithy. Shots fired early doors. Um, well, I was going to say good to talk to you both, but I'm not sure how this is going to go. Yeah, look, uh, not not a great start to the season for the boys. I think they might be 0-4 or something, but... Uh, it's a long season, Ian. It's a long season. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what more to say about that. We've been pretty average, must be said. <laughs> well, I could see the smile. Actually, I was uh, at the ground standing just behind Mark Hammett, who coaches uh, St Thomas's, and his smile was pretty wide, Guy, I can tell you that. I do not blame them yet. They, they were pretty impressive, actually. And uh, as were boys high the week before, uh, look, I, I follow that that Christchurch school comp pretty closely. I love schoolboy rugby. I think it's, I think it brings uh, the atmosphere at those types of games are just superb. And um, to see more schools coming through, I suppose, and be competitive on a serious note, uh, I, I think is great for those sorts of competitions. So, look, yeah, happy for St Thomas's, uh, but always tough as an old boy to see the school uh, school rugby team battling. There's no doubt about that. Andrew Gordy, good morning to you. Um, greatest friend in the world for sports media, this Warriors franchise, isn't it? There's always a little bit of copy floating around. There's always a story almost on a daily basis. Has Stacey Jones volunteered to, to roll under the bus here or what? Look, we'll, we'll get on to that in just a moment, but eighth, Smithy. Christ College are in eighth place uh, in the Miles Twin uh-huh. Championship. Just one win from their five games. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's tough times for the... Uh, for the black and white, just just out of interest, um, and for your listeners, St. Bede's College in fifth place there with four wins from five oh, matches. So things going a little better for uh, for the Catholics. Uh, anyway, on to the <laughs> on to the Warriors. Um, yeah, it's uh, the, the, the gift that keeps on giving uh, in terms of the media. I'd probably prefer it, to be honest, if it wasn't this bad. But boy, oh boy, is it bad. And what a bizarre 24 hours it has been uh, for the Warriors. I mean, they've had some crazy days in their history, but... Uh, last yesterday really does almost shoot to the top of the list for me. What I found so strange about it was how the story obviously broke in the Sydney media uh, late on on Monday, and then come Tuesday morning we have these bizarre scenes. Nathan Brown with a smile all over his face, um, delighted quite clearly to that the fact his his time with the club is over, and it seems that everyone else is pretty happy about it as well. I, I just it really grates me how, how, how cosy and amicable this whole episode appears to have been for everyone. I can't quite make sense of it. Look, in terms of Stacey Jones, this is a bizarre one for me. And, and what's really concerning about it is that everyone seems to be admitting defeat. Because you, you look at it like this. 
Stacey Jones, and he admitted as much yesterday when he was speaking to the media, he said, I have no ambitions to be an NRL coach. So why are you putting him in charge then for, for the rest of the season? There's, there's still important games to be played, not, not least, of course, the ones that they're going to be playing when they come back home to New Zealand. The reason I think they'll put him in this position is because they're not expecting that the results are going to get much better and no one is going to come out and criticise a club legend like Stacey Jones. If they really did have some strong feelings about what they were able to achieve throughout the rest of the season, I think the smart move would have been to put Justin Morgan in charge. He is a guy who actually does have ambitions to coach at the highest level and he actually has the credentials, you could argue, to do it, certainly more so than than Stacey Jones. He's a guy that is motivated, wants to achieve more in the game. I think that would have been the play if unless you had someone else lined up which they quite clearly don't um but yeah it's a bizarre one for me i have zero expectations of stacy jones and, and to be perfectly honest as much as he was a fantastic player he does nothing to inspire me uh to think that he's going to turn this team around um over the coming weeks the, the only thing i can perhaps read into this uh guy is that the one thing that, that they've been accused of not wanting to do is play for Nathan Brown. They've, they have uh, apparently had a little commitment, they've had little um, attitude uh, when it comes to actually wanting to front up and deliver for the jersey, and that means uh, delivering for Nathan Brown. The appointment for Stacey Jones, I would imagine at least he's, I would hope anyway, he's got the respect, enough respect for players to say, yeah, he's worth, he's worth you know, getting knocked over for. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I, I think I think and I, I side with Andrew here. I think he's put a nail on the head. If, if Stacey Jones has point blank, and he did say it yesterday, doesn't want to be a head coach, why the hell is he in the head coaching role? I mean, it's just another decision from this Warriors management that makes complete and utter no sense whatsoever. It's just bizarre, and and I think it, it leaves the team in another hole again. I, I think you raise a fair point, though, as well, Smithy, that he does have that, that mana in the club, uh, because everyone knows what he did at the Warriors. A lot of these Warriors players... Uh, would have watched him growing up as kids and seen what he did then and probably been inspired by him to play rugby league. So I think they will want to play for him, but if he doesn't want to be there, what's the point? And then you start looking at who else there might be. Well, I mean, everyone starts talking about Michael Maguire. I'm sorry. If you want to turn the Warriors around, a coach who has, I think he has a 33% winning record in the NRL, that ain't it. That is definitely not it. So let's just stop talking about Michael Maguire now because that, to me, seems like the most pointless pointless thing they could possibly do and they'll be stuck in the same spot that they are right now. I just think it's a, it's a waste of time. They need to start looking somewhere else. Christian Wolf's been bandied around. He seems like a logical option. Um, but don't go near Maguire, please. Okay, so if we can't go to the NRL market as such because they're either all taken or they don't want to come, uh, do we go, I mean, way, way, way back, uh, Gords, we went to the UK to find them? I think Christian Wolf's the guy, to be perfectly honest. I mean, he's, um, for a couple of reasons, right? He's obviously, um, he's served his time. Um, he obviously, you know, spent some time in the NRL. He's gone over to the UK. He's been very successful there with St Helens. But I, I also think that his experience coaching Tonga is absolutely crucial and I think that's what makes him probably the perfect guy to take over at the Warriors because everyone keeps talking about culture and understanding the culture well I would have thought that someone like Christian Wolf with experience coaching Tonga at international level is going to at least understand some of the culture and and understand how to balance it that's what we've always talked about haven't we with 
with uh, when it comes to a successful Warriors team. It's always been the coach that's been able to strike the balance between, you know, I suppose the, the Pacific Island players in the team and, and, and whatever they can they can pick up from Australia. He will know how to balance those those two aspects, I suppose. So for me, it seems like an obvious move for the Warriors to go after him. It sounds as though he, he's keen to come home, he's ready to come home, or at least to this side of the world. So I'll, I'll be very surprised if they don't at least make a strong play for, for getting Christian Wolf. I suppose that now, though, the issue for the Warriors is they don't just have it all to themselves. You know, the Tigers are also looking for a coach, and who will they feel is the right sort of person to, to take over at their club as well? Because when you've got multiple clubs in the market for a coach, you're not necessarily going to be able to pick the best one when it comes to, you know, if you're Cameron George and, and Mark Robinson trying to choose the next coach for, for the Warriors. So perhaps this is one they need to move and move quickly on. If we think the Warriors is a bit of a mess, and we do because it's so close to home and so close to our hearts as such, uh, Guy Havelt, how about the PGA? How's that looking at the moment? Yeah, it's a mess too, isn't it? Uh, my word, it's been a fascinating night in the golfing uh, atmosphere or the golf strat- golfing stratosphere overnight. Uh, Dustin relinquishing or resigning his PGA Tour. Dustin Johnson, that is, resigning his PGA Tour membership. Phil obviously fronting up at a press conference. I see Graham McDowell was asked a very pertinent question about, um, you know, playing in a in a tour like the Live Golf Saudi backed, obviously, um, what that kind of the message that that sends politically in terms of what the Saudis have done, killing 80 people, um, you know, Kamal, uh, Jamal Khashoggi, excuse me, and, and, and how they murdered him, uh, and the message that it sends by signing up to a tour like that, and I think it was actually Andrew who might have tweeted this into my timeline, but uh, Graham McDowell's answer was utterly pathetic. Uh, he barely answered the question. Well, he didn't answer the question at all. He said, I don't know how to answer that question. Well, mate, you, you are going to that tour. You should have expected these questions. It's a very fair enough question. Um, this money is tainted money, and that's, let's be frank, the only reason why you're going, because you're setting yourself up for life. I don't, in terms of you know, wanting to set yourself up for life, that's fine. But you have to have some sort of answer to a question like that. Uh, because to me, um, this is not, I don't think this is this is something that, well, I wouldn't want to align myself to a tour like that, let's be honest. And the only reason why people are wanting to go to this is because they're, they're earning a ton of money. I see Dustin, Dustin Johnson's um, purse, for example, I think he got paid $125 million. Well, to put that into context, Tiger Woods' entire PGA Tour on-course earnings are $121 million. So in one go, Dustin Johnson's earned more than the greatest of all time. I mean, that says it all to me, really. It's all about money, and if you're going to go and you're going to go to a tour like that, you have to be able to front up and answer the hard questions about everything else that surrounds that tour. To me, it's as simple as this, Gords. Greed greed over over conscience. Yeah, it, it is. You're, you're absolutely right. And, it's, and these golfers, they better get used to these questions because they are going to keep on coming. And because they have themselves made a conscious decision to, to accept that money. And, and I, was, I was sort of thinking about this um, when it comes to Newcastle United, for example. Obviously, Saudi-owned and, and players who then decide to go and play for Newcastle. I think that's different. And, I, and I'm not making excuses for Chris Wood here, but I, I genuinely do think it's different. The reason is this. The, the Premier League allowed that sale, that transaction to go through, right? And so once that happens, the, the, the club just becomes like any other club for, for players who are, who are playing in the Premier League. So whether it's Newcastle United, Manchester United, Leeds United, it doesn't really matter. They're, they're only signing up to join a club. Whereas these golfers, 
they there's no go between. There's no safety net. They have specifically decided in their own minds that this is where I'm this is where I'm going to go. But fellas, like, let's be real about this. While while these players and they have all been given um, approval to play in the U.S. Open next next uh, well, when is that later on this month? Um, this this is going to kill the PGA Tour. The majors, if they decide to allow these players who go and join this competition to then go and play in the majors, it's going to kill the PGA Tour. I'm telling you right now. And and because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people like us, your your average punter, they don't care about the PGA Tour. I mean, I was having a look through the the PGA Tour schedule before, and I was like, some of these tournaments mean absolutely nothing to me. They mean as much as the LIV or the Live Invitational that's going to be played this this week. All all that really matters is the majors. Well, that's all we really, really care about. So whether, whether players are playing on the PGA Tour, the European Tour, or, or the, the Saudi-backed Tour, it doesn't really matter. If they're all allowed to play in the majors, then we're, we're going to see the best players in the world come together and, and play off against each other. Um, so, so really, does it matter who they play for in between times? I, I think the PGA Tour should be deeply concerned about that because the, the majors, and I'm talking about really the US Open, the Masters, these, these, and obviously the PGA Championship's different, but um, if they're allowed to go and play in those tournaments, then, then the PGA Tour's got something really to be concerned about, I think. We're going to take a, a news break, fellas. Um, thanks very much for those opinions on those two subjects. Incidentally, PD has just texted in and said, hey, Smithy, if Saudi money is tainted, how on God's green earth is American money not? Interesting. Uh, I'll come back to you, fellas. I'll come back to you on the, maybe on that one if, you, if you're prepared to think about it for the next uh, minute or so. In the meantime, here's uh, Aroa with a slightly belated news break. The panel. Yeah, it's a shady business, all right, this uh, LIV golf tour. Guy Havelt with us and Andrew Gordy and uh, that text from uh, PD Haysmith. If Saudi money is tainted, how on God's green earth is American money not tainted? Uh, do you, either of you care to reply to that, uh, Andrew or Guy? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll chip in on that. I mean, the, the fundamental difference here is that players are playing on the PGA Tour. That money's not coming from the US government. That, that money is coming from broadcast deals. It's coming from com- commercial um, avenues, I suppose, and sponsorship. Whereas the, the, the Live Tour is funded by Saudi Arabia's uh, sovereign wealth fund. So that money is coming directly from the Saudi government. So that's a, that's a huge fundamental difference. And I suppose to, to the, your listener who checks in, um, that's the difference mm. here. The, the players are going to be paid by, by the government, uh, whereas that's, that's not what's happening on the PGA Tour. So a big fundamental difference for me. Okay, right. Uh, let's uh, turn to cricket if we can. Um, what do you make of uh, the Lords and the wash-up gourds? Uh, it was over pretty quickly and uh, anyone could have won going into the last day, I guess. We needed a few wickets early. We couldn't get them. Overall, the performance, disappointing from from our perspective, yeah? Yeah, really really disappointing for me, Smithy. I mean, obviously, especially the, the batsmen. Um, and I suppose it raises concerns. There's concerns for me about, obviously, the performance of... Uh, of Will Young, um, su- yeah, surprisingly uh, underwhelming performance from Tom Latham, Kane Williamson. The concerns just continue over him and this elbow, and you know he's obviously having his preparations disrupted now. He's not being able to prepare the way that he would like to. Is that having an impact on his performance? Like these are these are guys who we've really come to rely on at the top of the order to to build a base, build a platform for success. Um, and it felt like every morning, to be honest, you were waking up going. Geez, how did we dig ourselves out of that? And, and I, I suppose I did sort of have some hope that they might be able to rescue things um, come the final day. But um, 
Yeah, look, I mean, hats off to Wingland. They obviously stuck in there. Um, they were they were up against it themselves at times during this test, but yeah, fair play to the likes of Joe Root. Obviously, a fantastic fourth innings performance from him. Mm. Uh, ben Stokes as well, making the most of of, of his uh, opportunity as well. Um, Ajaz Patel, real head scratcher for me. Why why was he not used more, um, especially on, on that final day? I suppose when you know we we started leaking runs like crazy, and it, and it got to the point where. It was just no clawing it back. But I, I was really, I don't know, are you telling me that we really only picked AJS Patel to bowl legitimately on the fifth day of the test? It felt like it was just a wasted selection for me. Mm, I don't think they trust them. I really don't think they trust them to bowl in, in a low-scoring no. test match. It's, it's as simple as that. They just don't want them at the bowling crease. And uh, two overs, none for 22, doesn't exactly, Guy Havelk, give you confidence that they'll pick him at Trent Bridge either. So uh, de Gronholm's out, we know that. Nichols will be back, we know that. So that will leave Blundell at seven and then four bowlers. Any ideas? Well, just on, on Patel quickly, oh, I can't believe they picked him in the first place. Uh, Lords has never really, in recent times anyway, been that conducive to spin. And any time you leave Neil Wagner out of your test team, I, I think is a real head-scratcher. So that made... From the word go, absolutely no sense to me. And Wagner would have come in uh, vital. He would have been he would have been so crucial, I think, to New Zealand's chances in that fourth innings to be able to get something uh, out of the pitch and, and, and help the Black Caps towards victory in terms of that. Um, and then you know you look at the batting. You talk about the batting. Well, my word, uh, that was so so disappointing across the board. Really, I I would. Here's, here's what I would do. I'm tempted to move Devin Conway up to open with Tom Latham and take Will Young down to number four. Um, I know they're, they seem obsessed with the whole right-hand, left-hand combination uh, when it comes to opening and then, you know, 3-4 as well. Uh, I think they just need to look past that. I think it would be a, a much stronger combination if Conway was to walk out at the start with Tom Latham and then you've got Kane Williamson mm. three, who, yeah, out of form at the moment, but, uh, I, I, you know, he's bound to come back into form at some stage uh, form is temporary, class is permanent that sort of thing uh, and then I, I think Will would, Will would be quite comfortable at number four and then I think Henry Nichols coming back is crucial as well and on top of that, uh, look I'm not too disappointed, obviously I'd like to see anyone getting injured but I'm not too disappointed that uh, Gronholm's going to be out for a bit I think the way that he got out in that second innings was just, that was appalling um, you know, that, that was just embarrassing how he got out that way and I personally think that uh, Daryl Mitchell is probably the most underrated cricketer in the country. So, um, you know, I think yeah. if they had that kind of top six, um, then, then I think it would be much stronger. Is that uh, what you'd think about Andrew Gordy? Would you leave out uh, Ajaz Patel? We've been trumpeting that we've got to have more spin involved in our game. Jeez, get Guy have out in the selection squad, I reckon. That all sounds like absolute... Uh, yeah, that sounds perfect to me, to be, to be honest. I actually like what you're saying about Devin Conway. Um, and, and more so, I was really concerned with what I saw from Will Young uh, in that first test. He just looked out of sorts, just didn't look like he really belonged, which is not really something I thought I would say about Will Young. He's never really given me that sense before. Um, agree with Daryl Mitchell. I mean, geez, this guy just continues to impress, doesn't he? Um, and was absolutely delighted for him to, to get a well-deserved century, albeit in vain, obviously, in that first test. And, and Neil Wagner, I mean, it's just a, a head-scratcher, isn't it? Like... How could you? How could you ever leave him? Like, if there's one guy in this Black Caps team you'd want to be in the trenches with, it's Neil Wagner because he's the guy that's going to dig you out every single time. He is never going to give up. 
but he's never going to go down. He's going to keep on fighting, and that's that's what you need in, in Test match cricket for sure. So yeah, I, I, I desperately want to see him back in there. And yeah, I, like I say, I don't I don't mind the idea of switching switching Young and Conway as well. Um, I think that could be just sort of the, the, the sort of move that gives them a bit of uh, solidity back in that top order, and especially when you've got, you know, the likes of Broad and Anderson, and just on that, isn't it laughable that, that you know, there were suggestions that these two, their days were over at, at the top level. These guys mm. still got it, and you saw it in that first test as well. They just had it on an absolute string, didn't they? So, um, you know, the, the Black Caps are going to be up against it. Once again, this, this top order is going to be up against it against those two. So, yeah, we need, we need something pretty solid at the top of the order, and perhaps Conway and Latham will give us that. George, I, I was just thinking, actually, uh, if I was in the trenches, I, and with his educational background, etc., and his privileged position, I probably would like to be beside Guy Havelt in the in the in the <laughs> trenches because you're, you're unlikely to have to ever go over the top. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. He's, he'd be he'd be he'd be right at home in the trenches, actually, wouldn't he? You wouldn't have to crouch down very much. He'd be he'd be standing on his own two feet while I'd be on my knees the whole time. Yeah, I'd be barking. I'd just be barking orders for you two to get out of the trenches and go and go for me. While I'd be just just sitting there having my sandwich or something. I was going to say you'd remind me of my 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 former uh, late great friend and David Hooks who always used to have a standing comment about the English when it came to that kind of thing of the educated people. It's like they'd send us Aussies and Kiwis out to go and get a fresh pint of milk for their cup of tea every day over the top. So to the local dairy, so yeah, that would be uh, Hooks. used to always have them on about that. Hey, uh, fellas, before we go, uh, there has been a side name this morning. That's the Whitefield Commonwealth Games team four uncapped players. I mean, they basically have to have that because there's that many uncapped players in the uh, in the roster now these days. Um, Sophie Devine is captain. No great surprises, I guess, because I, I really don't know um, the length of or the, the, the experience of some of these players. But two players, I will say, Fran Jonas and Georgia Plummer, let's hope they play some cricket in the Commonwealth Games. These were the two players, uh, Guy Havelt, who uh, they picked for the World Cup, were really never going to be a factor. Yep, totally, Smithy, and I, I remember having a conversation with you about that uh, in Hamilton one day as well, that that was just utterly bizarre that they were in that squad and they never played. Uh, and like you, I hope that now they are in the squad, they get some experience. Otherwise, what is the point of them being there? Uh, look, my opinion hasn't really changed from when the contract list was named. Uh, I think it was um, poor that, 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 that those players were left out. I know they're looking to the future, but I think now is not the time. Uh, I think they've left the wrong players out of that squad. Um, and I don't see much changing from what happened at the World Cup to what might happen or, or what I think will happen at the Commonwealth Games. I'd be shocked if they win a medal. Um, good luck to them, uh, but uh, it doesn't overly fill me with confidence, I must say. And you, Andrew, same? Yeah, very similar sentiments. Uh, I suppose the the one thing that I take away perhaps from this um, from this squad announcement this morning is I know we we touched on uh, previously when the, when the contracts were announced whether perhaps the new coach had been consulted on this as he, as he had a say on on who's mm. going to get a contract or not, and you know will we see some of those players return for for a shot at the Commonwealth Games? I suppose in particular we're talking probably more about Leah Tahuhu in that regard. She hasn't been selected, which indicates to me that the new coach perhaps did have a say in, in who those contracts were awarded to, who he intended um, to take to the Commonwealth Games. Perhaps that had been, that had been flagged, obviously, with New Zealand cricket, discussed with New Zealand cricket when, um, when they decided to, 
to put the contracts together. So, yeah, like you say, good luck to them. I hope they do well. My expectations, though, are, are very low. It's hard to have high expectations for a team that, that had plenty of experience going into a home World Cup and, and didn't deliver. Now now you've got a side that's shorn of that experience. You're throwing some young players really into the deep end, going into a Commonwealth Games and on foreign soil, a brand-new coach. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, expectations are low. I hope they do well. Guy Havelt, Andrew Gordy, I'm speaking to him, uh, Ben Sawyer, just after 11 o'clock this morning. If he's half as compelling as you two blokes put together, uh, he'll be great. So I look forward to that. Good luck. Uh, gentlemen, ha- have, a, have a good week. Uh, I think Christ College are playing their B team this weekend. They might possibly win that one. It is 10.45 here on uh, SCNZ. Uh, we'll have another panel tomorrow morning. So uh, look forward to that as well. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91